Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 315 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Or you're probably listening to this on Monday on the commute to work. Back at her. Hey, Nick? Here we go. Ah, yes. Well, gang. What's going down? What's shaking? Just, uh, I've got a hot one here today. A little smoky. 30 here in uh, on the plains, the prairies of Saskatchewan. Uh, just wrapped up work. That's all I do is work these days, it seems. So I apologize if the schedule is kind of hit and miss. I'm doing my best to get stuff out for you guys. Um, oh, did I deliver my best in this episode? Well, I don't know. We'll see. Got a couple characters coming at you here. Um, I was going to record. Uh, I had a player interview fall through yesterday. So it was kind of uh, getting in, you know, Saturday evening, and I'm kind of, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, and don't really know what I'm going to talk about. I mean, you know, I guess I could wing something together. But then I decided, because I will say, I, <clears throat> and I've mentioned this on a couple episodes now, but I think this is probably my best idea yet, is the, and it's a simple one, it's the 10 rapid fire questions that I have with fellow fight fans. Um uh, I know some of the questions are kind of getting the same, obviously. So I gotta try to incorporate. I gotta come up with some new questions for guys. But uh, but I also I'm also trying to uh, I think in the future or going forward, I'm gonna uh, I'm trying to tailor the questions more to who I'm talking to because some guys are junior guys, some guys are NHL guys, or this is my favorite team or whatever. Which in Nick's case coming up here is LA, right? Whereas in Jordan's case, it was like the Quebec Junior and LNH. So kind of changed the questions up a little bit, but. But anyway, the, like I said, the um, the uh, feedback on the rapid fire stuff's been great. People have really enjoyed it. Um, actually, I've gotten a lot of feedback on it, which was cool. So yeah, so last night I kind of threw out the right in the fight group. I just put out late short notice. Who wants to come on a podcast? Do ten rapid fire questions right now. And uh, Jordan actually saw it right away, and he's like, "If you're stuck, man, I'll I'll help you out." So I was like, "Oh yeah, okay. There's one. Perfect. We're done." And then Nick got a hold, uh, answered the thing right away too. Uh, Tony, I saw you. You've already been on. And I'm not, uh, I haven't come up with 10 new questions yet. So hold on. Future episodes. But, uh, Nick got a hold of me and said he'd do it. So, uh, so there we go. I got, uh, I have Jordan from Five and a Game podcast, a fellow, uh, hockey podcast network, uh, show, uh, host. And, uh, Nick from the, uh, fight group. We follow each other on Facebook and, uh, he goes, for the old fried chicken folks out there, he was Johnny Utah. So, uh, you know, the FC folks will remember him for sure. So, um, yeah, I have those two cats on for rapid fire. And, uh, you know, and I think it's a 23, yeah, it's about, it's about 40, 45 minutes, I think. 
about 20 some minutes a guy. So yeah, it's about 45, 50 minutes with those two. So I'm not going to talk long today. Well, there we go. No, I'm actually not going to talk long. I will do the intros here and, uh, you know, and I got to talk about, um, well, first thing I will talk about, of course, is everybody around the corner. This, uh, well, as, as you're listening to it, the Saturday coming up here, the 15th, July 15th from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Ice Wars 3 is coming at you. We got It's got an eight-man heavyweight tournament and uh, two solo bouts. Just the Smoke versus uh, the guest I just had on last week, Bo Cornell, the main event. And uh, the opener, Travis the Loose Cannon Check uh, versus Cole the Viking Johnson. And then we have the, uh, like I said, then we have the eight-man uh, heavyweight tournament. Um uh, and, uh, the, uh, the competitors in the heavyweight tournament are, uh, the A-Trade, Corey Allen, uh, Justin Schmidt, J.F. LaFrance, Catlin Big Snake, Ryan Devine, Andre Thibault, James the Hooligan Brooks, and the eight spot was supposed to be Curtis Swanson, but he, uh, he backed out, um, and, uh, I, I don't know who the uh, replacement is. I have put the word in to the Ice Wars guys. I'm like, who's replacing Swanson? And I haven't heard back yet as of this recording. But um, I will have a final show on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, and I will have, uh, I would assume I'll have the name by then. I mean, the event is like uh, three days away at that point. So they should have somebody. So um, I, I will let you guys know. But uh, you can order the pay-per-view. It is $20. Uh it's on Brinks TV or Live One, and uh, you know O N E. Um, I just I just looked it up on Live One. It, like I said, it's nineteen dollars, and you get uh, and it'll be live. But then you get thirty days of the event, uh, like to replay the event as many times you wish, as you want for a month. So you know if you're not around for it or whatever, you can you know check it out later. And like I said, for twenty dollars, you can't go wrong. I was at the first two events at Edmonton. They were tremendous. Um, a great live event. Uh, had a lot of fun. Um, anybody that's been a long-time listener to this show knows I am a huge supporter of the Ice Wars. I've had a number of the guys on over the over the, uh, over the the course of the, the three events now. And uh, big supporter of it. Uh, I always say selfishly, I wish it was back at Edmonton all the time. and Because if it was, I would be there on sat- this Saturday. I would totally be at Edmonton watching it. Um... But I encourage folks to, if you're in the area, to go. Uh, and if not, I encourage you to check out, uh, for, get the boys together. Like I said, get four or five guys, shit, you know, five bucks a piece, you know, cracks of beers, kick it up, watch it on, uh, smart TV on the, on the, on the live one feed. And, uh, and you guys will have a lot of fun, believe me, because if you've never seen it, um, yeah, it's basically MMA meets hot, meets hockey fights. And, uh, and I, I can tell you boys, the, the boys go and they throw down and they're not fooling around and the fights are for real and they are banging. And let me tell you, you will be impressed. It is, uh, it's, you know, I always say it's, it's kind of like a little, it's a little carny mixed in with some MMA, a little WWE. Um, it's just a fun time. And like I said, for 20 bucks, uh, I guarantee we've all spent our money on dumber shit, right? So um, support the boys. It's a fun event. I know there's a, I know there's a, a segment of people that don't like, it, and you know, whatever, that's fine. Um, 
I don't understand going to their to the actual Ice Wars Facebook page and like in the comments like this is a joke. You know, I I okay, so you're actually the joke is your the joke is you're a grown adult trolling. Like if you don't like the event, but you took the time to look it up on Facebook, go to their page, get into the comment section and start commenting. Like grow up, man. Like come on. It's like I like I don't like the Kardashians, but I don't go to their Facebook page and start commenting that's oh, so stupid you know like do you not have better things to do i get we get it i saw you you post like five or six times like we get it you don't like the event i should guy follows me too on facebook it's like you know all right i'm like and like i said i don't care that you don't like i have friends that think that things stupid and what and that's okay that's fine no one's forcing you to sit there and watch it so you know i don't eh. i was gonna do my week on the internet maybe you know i'm just gonna leave it because it's just I just get annoyed. Like, people are just so ridiculous. Like, like you just have to flap your lips and let everybody know that you don't like it. Well, okay, right on. You know, so you don't. Great. Yeah, we got it. You said it six times now. You know, like, you're just trying to engage with people. Like, oh, I hope someone says something because I have a snappy comeback. Like, okay. You know, like, uh, whatever. There's always that guy. Um, you know. You know, and, I, and, I've, and I've mentioned it on here a few times uh, as I've done... Uh, I actually for the last two events we kind of did the preview shows and whatever didn't have a chance to do that this time just with scheduling and busy and everything I I because I always have Jay and Alec on and we always like to do a preview show and I wish I could have done that but uh, we just got too busy and uh, you know it just didn't work out but um, yeah I, I mean uh, you know and I and I have listeners longtime listeners they'll get a hold of me and they're like you know, I love your show and do you, you know, whatever, but I'm just not an ice wars guy. I'm not into it. That's cool. You know, um, I've had other guys like, yeah, why do you talk so much about ice wars? Well, <laughs> I've done 315 shows, you know, and I, you know, what have I talked on about ice wars and about five of them? Like, you know, <laughs> I, I've given you plenty of other content. I think, you know, if you're not an ice wars guy, again, that's cool, but you know, you can maybe skip the show that day or something. I mean, or listen to about the guys, maybe learn something about guys. I mean, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't, know. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, if you're not into it, that's cool. But you know, I, other people are, and uh, and again, uh, for as many guys as complain to me about doing ice war shows, there's been guys that say they loved it or they didn't know about it, but they listened to the show and then they're like, "Yeah, what the hell?" A couple of buddies got together, we rented it. It was it was fucking hilarious. You know, we loved it, you know, got drunk and watched hockey fights on a Saturday night, you know, I'm right on, you know, that's cool. So, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I'm encouraging listeners that, uh, if you're not, if, you, if you're, Hey, you're not doing anything Saturday, like I said, 20 bucks tune in and let's, you know, have at her. Um, I've kind of talked to Alec well, briefly about it and Jay, I don't know. Um, I don't know how the whole YouTube live thing works. I've never done that. Um, I wouldn't mind doing something live while the show, while the event is on. Um, just, I don't know, have fight fans get together and talk about it, I guess, or, or, you know, or whatever. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know on Wednesday what's going on, but I think that'd be fun. I mean, we could all, even if we're all in different locations, we can still watch it all together and comment on it and whatever. I don't know. I think that, I think that'd be a fun idea. I mean, just throwing it out there. Um, but anyway. That's what's happening. I'll, I'll give you more information on Wednesday. I'm going to get that eighth fighter too. That's actually really bugging me that I don't have that yet. Um, but uh, 20 bucks, live one TV. Uh, 
tune in. Actually, on the last Ice Wars 2, spreads.ca, the gambling site here in Canada, you could bet on the event. Yeah, on the, obviously they not further into the tournament, but the opening round bouts, and then uh, there was a bunch of single fights on there. And uh, I know I went 7 for 8 on my bets uh, at the last one, so I made a few bucks. Of course, they... Uh, they uh, I was kind of pissed. I think they capped the betting at like 25 bucks per fight, which kind of sucked. But uh, it was like double your money. So I don't know. I made 200 some bucks. Hey, what the hell, right? Went to the event, made 200 bucks, had a good time, uh, drank some beers, and then hung out with Dean Mayrad and Curtis Swanson after. I mean, that's that's a pretty good night. Talked to Morasti and all the boys. And uh, yeah, and and did some live feeds on my Facebook and uh, talked to AJ. And yeah, it was a fun night. So yeah. Had a lot of fun at the at the two Ice Wars events live. So, um, yeah, there you go. July 15th, Saturday, Ice Wars 3. All right. Um, well, before we get into the rapid fire here, um, I'll just I'll throw it out. As I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, there's over 60 shows in the network, including these cats. Oh, the people I associate with, let me tell you. Got Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Uh, he just recently had on Kurt, who is the owner uh, of Hit Club Hockey. It's a merchandise uh, um, company that uh, is really kind of promoting the minor league guys. Um, I know, I, well, speaking of ice, Ryan Devine, they have him down uh, and they're promoting some shirts for him. And Alec is doing merch through them. So uh, definitely check that out. Of course, Alec also has a tremendous back catalog. Um, Frank Bialois, Rob Ray, uh Jason Rushton, Sean Pete, on and on. Definitely check it out. Uh, Jolt and Joe Lazito, Coliseum Chronicles podcast. Oh, Joe, I'm telling you. You know, you know what is, he, he, he came out with the top eight New York Islander fights from this past season. I, I'm telling you, you'd have better luck of finding a picture of Ziggy Palfy in the corner than, than coming up with eight fights for that, like, I think they only had 50. I said, what's next? What's next week? The top three obstruction plays from 2022? Holy Joe, we're, hold on. Where's the shovel? We got to start digging here. Oh, hard times. I'm telling you. You know, and it was just funny because what do you, it was like, yeah, I mean, eight, I mean, like he said, Baumgart or Fakoda would have that in the, you know, by the all-star break, you know, uh, so. Yeah, that's that's the way it is these days, and uh, and it's unfortunate because the Islanders have like Matt Martin and Ross Johnson. I mean, they got two tough dudes, and I mean, you know, it's, I'm I'm they, I'm sure they would fight more if they were challenged or whatever. I mean, um, the whole I gotta talk to Joe about like the whole Ross Johnson thing. I like the kid, and he's tough and everything, but holy, what do you play once a month? Uh, you know, what does he play on full moons only? Like, I, I don't get it. Like what? Like, either send him to the minors or trade. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the, I mean, hey, good for him. He gets, the, he gets to hang out in the press box and make NHL money. I mean, you know, not, not, hey, what the hell, right? But, I mean, everybody wants to play, you know, so it's just like, I, and that's tough to come, like, go for a couple weeks if not, I mean, you can practice all you want, but, I mean, to actually get in the game and then all of a sudden now, now it's, it's go time, it's like, after a two or three week uh, sitting on your ass eating hot dogs, it's like that's a tough that's a tough ask for anybody. So no, I kind of feel sorry for him. And but yeah, I mean some tough guys. And uh, but at any rate, check out the show. Um, Joe always does a great job, and uh, I bug him all the time. But uh, you know, I, I know there's plenty of Islander fans out there that will 
that enjoyed the tilts and uh, you know so definitely Coliseum Chronicles check it out and uh, really looking forward to the obstruction episode next week so <laughs> uh, yes actually that's not true maybe Joe will talk about who won the draft I don't know get a hold of Joe he'll tell you but uh, and then also Jordan at the five in a game podcast who was actually on here right away to do the 10 rapid fire questions um, he is, uh, normally he's, he loves from the Maritimes, but he works out in Alberta. So he's, go, he's gone away from home for long stretches of time. And, uh, he, he hasn't, uh, put out an episode for a while, but he, uh, he was home and, and banged one out. And, uh, he, he talks with Ryan Hand on this one. So definitely check out his show. Uh, once he gets back, I believe he says late October, uh, then he'll be back in the groove and be making episodes on the regular. So, uh, five and a game podcast. Also check out his YouTube channel. Um, he is putting up a lot of good old junior stuff up, uh, and LNAH stuff, and, uh, he's got some really good footage. So, Five in a Game, subscribe to his YouTube channel, as well as Alex Five for Fighting podcast. Check out Five for Fighting YouTube channel, subscribe to it, and, uh, yeah, we're subscribing all over the place. And while you're at it on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice, subscribe to my channel. I have over 2,000 fight videos on there, you'll dig it. So, there you go, check that stuff out, man. And, uh, yeah, and all the, not only my, I always say, not only my show, but all the guys' shows or whatever podcast you listen to. I mean, I'm not talking Chiglets and Rogan. They're, they're fine. They don't need your thumbs up that bad. But for us smaller content creators, if you could rate and review the show on whatever platform you're listening to, uh, whether it be on iTunes or Spotify or what have you, um, that helps us out in the algorithms. And when you're on YouTube and you watch a video from a channel that you like, hit the thumbs up button and, uh, maybe subscribe to the channel because YouTube loves that shit, so. That is the the one little thing as listeners that you could do to give back to the creators. And myself and the others, I know, will be greatly appreciated for that. And download, don't stream. And, uh, all right. Enough of my yappings. See, I didn't talk for too long, 17 minutes. That wasn't bad. But, hey, how about we get into these rapid-fire questions? I got Jordan from 5 in a Game podcast. And then I got old Nick out in L.A. L.A. Nick. Oh, and he's gonna, we're, we're gonna go hobnob with the goober smoochers out in LA. Oh, it's California, man. Yeah, kick it back, put on your shades, and let's, let's go. <laughs> Smooth and silky sounds. All right. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Enjoy the uh, rapid fire portion of the show, and uh, I will be back to talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here we are on the fourth line voice. Another edition of the rapid fire questions. And I have none other than a fellow hockey fight, hockey podcast network, uh, host, Jordan from the five and a game podcast. Jordan, how's it going tonight? I'm good, Darren, man. How you doing? Very good. Very good. Um, thanks for coming on on short notice, you know, and, uh, you know, with the time difference, I know it's late there in the Maritimes, but, uh, are you ready to roll for this? I'm ready to roll, buddy. I never, never don't want to see you stuck, pal. So I'm always, I always had such a good time the first time on. I couldn't wait to come back. So I'm definitely ready. Well, you, you had such a good time the first time. You started your own show after. That's right. I say it, man. I give you credit. I said thanks, thanks to uh, Darren for getting it going. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have started it. So I hey, appreciate it, man. Don't fucking blame me. Like, <laughs> no, it's all your fault. It? I know. Well, you're putting it all on me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no, no, well, no, well no, I'm going to start. You, we'll start you off. Question one. I'm going to throw you a softball here, quick. We'll get you in the mood here. Okay. 
Favorite enforcer? Favorite enforcer of all time, it would be uh, Chris Nyland. Really? Well, there you go. Why are you like Chris like Nyland's that? That's surprising. Like, why are you like a Montreal fan, or just just Nyland? I general? am a Montreal. I am. Yeah, no, I am a Montreal Canadiens fan. But uh, that aside, like, just like Nyland wasn't would like fight anybody, man. He played around a tough time, and like he never really said he never said no that I ever saw. Like, there's yeah. a loss, but like I would have to say Chris Nyland would be my number one, definitely. Yeah, Chris Nyland, man. Like, some sure you you get the Proberts and all that shit. Yeah, and Robert would definitely be up there when you were doing a list by fair. But uh, my number one would be Chris Nyland as a all time. Oh, I get you. I get you. Well, it's funny because I always say with Nyland, I I hated Nyland growing up. I don't know why. I just never liked him. But then yeah. as soon as that documentary yeah. came out and I watched that, I like did a complete one eighty on him. I was like, you know, not that I'm saying he's my oh, favorite yeah. or anything, but I was like, yeah, all right, I get it now. I get it. Yeah, no, Chris Nyland was a G man for sure. Yeah. Maybe it's the wisdom as I get older. Older eyes, more wisdom. Um, well, <laughs> we got to go the other side of the coin here. Who's your most hated enforcer? Yeah. My most hated enforcer? Uh, fuck, who would I hate the most, man? Um, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like who I like. I mean, I know it's a, like a loaded quote, like, oh, hate. I mean, hate's such a strong. I mean, you know what I'm saying, for the sake of the exercise. Like, so I, I'm pretty sure no one hates anybody, but just, you know, you're just like, you know what, I'm just not a big fan of this guy back in the day. Yeah, um, I'd have to say probably, like, I liked him as a player, but his fights, if you were just boring, man, would be like, like because, because like, it would just be him that was that. But it'd probably be Matt Barnaby. Like, I just, like, it doesn't, like, that, like, when he fought, like, he, I liked him as a player, like, an agitator. Like, don't get me wrong with that way, but, like, his fights to me were just, like, you knew he was going to get his head, head kicked in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hated like, Barnaby. knew he was going to fight. I would say, like, I would have to say, yeah, I'd have to say Barnaby as, like, someone that I didn't really care for to watch fight. I liked him as a player, but, like, to watch fight didn't really do anything, you know what I mean? Okay. No, I get you. Um, okay, well, speaking of that, like I said with the Nyland thing for me, who have you done a 180 on over the years? Who you hated, now you're like, yeah, I kind of dig this guy as I've gotten older. You know I, what? You, you talk you talk about him all the time. And like, like uh, I, I, you say it like what it is with him, man. I'm going to have to say Donald Brashear, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to say Brashear. Like, talk, talk the shit what you want like to the Brashear haters out there. That guy fucking fought everybody, man. Every year, twice. Like, that guy fought every name you can think of. Yep. Whether you like it or not, you know what I mean? Yep. So, like, take away whatever you feel towards the man. You got to give respect to Donald Brashear, man. He was a G for sure. Had he fought a mile, and that's my 180. When he was playing, you're like, oh, fuck him. But after he's on and you look back at what he did, he's up there for a career. Tough guys, man. Yep. I agree. I agree. For sure. Yeah, well, for sure. Like, that's that's it. Yeah, for sure. Donald Brashear would definitely be it. There you go. Okay, well, I know you're out in Cape Breton, and uh, you were always yeah. a big, like, and that's, for those that don't know, George, the big, you know, Quebec Junior League LNAH guy, you know, he's got a tournament coming up, we'll talk about that at the end, but I know you were a big Cape yeah. Breton Screaming Eagles fan back in the day, I'm going to put you, I'm putting yeah. you on the spot here, who are your top three enforcers right. in Cape Breton history? Uh, Trevor Ettinger would be number one, uh, Pascal Morenci would be number two. And I'd say number three is a little hard because it's either Hunter Lahash or Ryan Flynn. So I would have to. Uh, 
I don't know. Maybe I pro- I guess I'd have to go with Flynn. I guess Ryan Flynn would probably be up there. So yeah, we'll do that. Trevor Andrew would be my number one pick. Pascal Marenzi then Ryan Flynn. There you go. That's that's quality list right there, man. Matt Ettinger is such a sad story. Well, I said it on your show. That was my first fight I've ever seen was Trevor Ettinger versus Ryan Flynn. Trevor yep. Ettinger was on Moncton and or not, and uh, the other guy was on Halifax. Or not Halifax, with Cape Breton, I mean. Yeah. That's such a sad story with Ettinger. He was so good. Yeah, it is, man. I know people that talk to, uh, about him. Like his mom still, well, she used to. I don't. Um, she used to drop the puck every year here at the start of the season. Yeah. Ever since the passing of Ettinger. So... She comes out at New Jersey on and drops the opening ceremony puck every year. So, yeah, he was I'm just uh, assuming she's doing it this year. I'm not going to be there, but she'll she'll probably be there. Yeah, like I know I was I can't it was a while ago, but I remember just kind of going down that rabbit hole and I was watching some of the Syracuse stuff. Oh, he was good, man. Man, I was watching some of the Syracuse yeah. stuff and you know and, uh, and some of the East Coast and man, big guy, yeah. solid. Ah, oh, what a shame! What a shame. There's a documentary of him on there too. Is there really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I'll send it your way, man. A buddy from Moncton, I believe, did it on him a few years ago. Um, it shows uh, his life through the Quebec League and getting to the AHL, and they just kind of skim over what happened. But yeah, it's a really good documentary, man. It's only about fifteen, twenty minutes. It's like a like a like a kind of like a I don't know, like like a, like a documentary you do for like high school, I guess. But like, oh, yeah. I was like a forty year old man. You know what I mean? But it's like a really, it's just a brief book. It's really good. I'll send it to you when we get off the phone just to remind me, man. It's a really good documentary. Ah, cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So, one, two, three, four. So, question five. Well, like I said, I know you're an LNAH guy. Um, yep. Well, I'm going to hit you here. Who is, uh, <laughs> who is the most overrated LNAH fighter? Um, the most overrated LNAH fighter. Because, you know, back in the day when it was hot there and like 03 and the message boards were bouncing and the documentary was out in 0506 and all those, all the craziness back then and everybody was talking about it. Who was the one guy that you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I would have to say, like, he was, uh, he's like, it's, it's like, I guess it would be like, like, Jacques Dubay fought a lot, but like, he kind of, that's all he really had to him, man. Like, he couldn't really skate or nothing. But, like, I'd say either him or, like, to me, like, Sam, like Samuel Duplain. Like, his fights are always fucking boring. All right. There you go. I'd say Sam. I'll go with Samuel Duplain. Take Dubay off. Sam, to me, like, overrated. He fought a lot on paper. But, like, if you watch his fights, you're not going to be at the edge of your seat. No, it was get I'd in say qu- Samuel Duplain. Get in quick and get out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, become in, grab, give you a couple of nogies, and you fall over, and that's his. He did his job, but like as far as like overrate, like you look on paper, I'd say same to play. Well, that's a guy I haven't really looked into, and I know you're a Q guy. What was he like in junior? Did he fight the same way? He fought all the time. Oh, I know yeah, he did. Like, no, he was a little bit open. He was a little bit more open than me. Like I got a few of his fights. Uh, if you see him on YouTube, and he's in a rampart jersey, he's a little bit more open, and it's actually that he fought way differently than he did the LNAH. Yeah, I think it was easy paychecks back then. You know how it goes. Just come here, do your job, get the fuck out. They didn't have to be stylish as long as he got the fight major. That was all that it was, man. Yep. Okay. Well, on the flip side of that, long under all that shit. Underrated, LNAH. Cody Ducey. Oh, there you go. That's good. Good pick. Good pick. Yep. Yeah. Doucette, man. Cody Doucette was uh, was a tough fucker. 
you got to get, like, he was a tough, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did in the LNAH, man. Cody Ducef for sure. I agree. Yep. Um, where now what? Oh yeah. Well, speaking of the Q, like I said, you're, you're a Quebec junior guy from back in the day and you watched all these guys and it was just like, man, there was some dude, like I always say with the Western league, you know, with the alumni here, but I mean, Quebec's, there's nothing, you know, they got a tough alumni as well. Who was the one guy that came out of the yeah. Quebec junior league in terms of toughness that you kind of thought would make a real big splash and, and didn't? Jonathan Trombley. Yeah. Jonathan Trombley, I would say, would be... Like, there's so many, man. Like, there are so fucking many. Like, Kevin Cormier as well. Kevin Cormier ran the queue when he went in the AHL. He kind of... Nothing really happened with him either. Um, Yeah, I'd say Jonathan Trombley would be the ultimate one for me because, like, that guy was, like, king shit for a few years here and then once he left the queue it kind of just like he was your ordinary ordinary dude you know what i mean he wasn't like that fucking beast that he was here yep yeah yeah i would say i would have to say jonathan trombley yeah it, it kills me because i was a huge trombley fan man and i gotta say that guy was nothing but nice to me anytime he'd come there i always got a puck from him i got a hundred down my old man's just from jonathan trombley yep well there you go um no really good dude yeah he was yeah i know that i know even back then yeah i mean the the build-up from him coming out was was big i remember the videos and the hammer and yeah yeah oh yeah 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 he was in the mark andre wall as well like mark andre wall fought a lot he holds the record here but he didn't do shit after he left uh, either. yeah yeah it's just interesting how it goes right like yeah there's been a few guys in the western league like that and then yeah just uh I mean, most of the time, it's usually, you know, obviously they're skating or whatever, just wasn't up to it and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's interesting how it goes. And then other guys come out of the woodwork. Like, they were okay in junior, and then all of a sudden they turn pro, and it's like, I don't, they just develop late, or I don't know, or they get confidence, and they start, well, sma- yeah. they start smashing exactly. guys. Well, yeah. It was the same thing as, like, go, go, like, look at Pat Bordalo, man. Yeah, like Pat Borlow was a fucking kitten, in, a kitten, an absolute kitten in the queue. wasn't even the pound for pound toughest around back then. Nothing. He had maybe like four or five fights. Then all of a sudden, you're watching him on Colorado, and he's beating the piss out of people. And you're like, where the fuck was that at? Yep. Yeah, going toe to toe with McGrath and shit. Yep. Oh, he was fucking. I don't know what happened to him, but he did a complete fucking turnaround of what he was like here, man. Yep. yep. Crazy. Out of nowhere. Um, yeah. All right, the next one. And this is, could be any leagues, whatever. It doesn't matter what era, whatever. What's your, uh, what would be your ultimate dream matchup? My ultimate dream matchup would be... Um, my ultimate dream matchup? Fuck, that's a good one. Uh, See, I always, I always say with mine, okay. I, I always give Engelstad and Morasti. That's my dream matchup. Oh, that would be actually unreal, yeah. Uh I'd like to see I'd like to see Rob Ray and Alex Gallant. Five look at you throwing shit out from left field. There you go. Yeah. That'd be a hell of a fight. That'd be a really good one actually. Yeah, I think it would be too. I think Rob Ray and Alex Gallant or even Brett Gallant, any of the Gallant brothers versus Rob Ray, I think would be a good one where there's just swing it until it falls, you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going with that one. Yeah, Rob Ray versus Alex Galant. I'll go Alex. 
Well, you can throw bread in there. <laughs> yeah, the Ray versus the Galants. We'll put it that way. There you go. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Ray versus any Galant brothers. So fine yeah, with me. Yeah. Well, here we are. We're getting to the end here. Number nine. If you could have season tickets to any team, like back in the day, any season of any team, what would it be? Oh, it has to be the Flyers, man. Back in the day, I'd have to take the Flyers when they had like Dave Schultz and Andre Dupont and all them guys there. Yeah. Jordan would be up in Philly with his bell bottoms on, up in the spectrum, watching the hammer and the hound dog, eh? Oh, you fucking know it. Or if, if like, if it's any league too, I'd have to say probably like if any any team in the LNAH back in the early two thousand. Yeah, as I said, uh, the old four Sorrell Mission team. Yeah, that would be. Uh, oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah, really anywhere, anywhere there. I'd either like, yeah. Actually, I take that back. I'm just going anywhere in the LNAH in the early 2000s, but I will sit pretty. There you no go. Problem. There you go. Yeah. While here for the final question, number ten. We're, I, we're I'm, All right. I, I'm going to get personal on you here. We're, we're going to give. We're going to give. Okay. Some, we'll, well, for those folks back in the day, Jordan threw some hands around in the junior B leagues up in the Maritimes and stuff. You know, he didn't shy away. We're going to give some guys some press here. Who was, what was the toughest fight Jordan was ever in? The toughest fight I was ever in was against a guy down in Yarmouth. Uh, the boys were talking about him the whole drive up. That's all I heard about was his name. His last name was Swain, man. That's all I remember was his last name was Swain. And it's my first year there, and they're all talking about it. I was like, you know what? Uh, uh, fuck this. Whoever he is tonight... I'll fucking fight him, right? Uh, once it leaves my mouth, I have no choice but to do it. Yeah. So I get down there, and I'm looking at him. I'm trying to find him. I'm trying to find him, and I don't see him. I'm like, okay, maybe he's not here tonight. Then he comes on. The guy's about six fucking four. I'm five, no, I'm five nine, five ten on a good day. So I'm like, okay, he's a pretty big cat, man. Like, nothing really to be scared of, though. You know what I mean? So he just kind of looks tall, lanky. So I finally, I'm chasing this fucker around for two periods, and he just keeps telling me to fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Third period comes. He was like, I went over, I was like, come on, we'll just, get, just give me one. He's like, you want one? Yep. So we drop our gloves, and I'm I'm quicker than him. I hit him with three good shots, three good left hands right off rip. So now my confidence is through the roof right now, bro. And I push him, through the, I push him up against the boards. And I'm swinging up at him, so I duck my head down for two seconds to try to take him down. He throws one uppercut, bro. Boom, right in my eye, drops me. Drops me to my knees, fights over instantly. He threw one punch, the whole fucking fight dropped me. When I got home, my parents thought I got hit with a puck. That's how bad this guy fucked me up. He had he had murderer hands. Like, these guys are like lobster fishermen out there. Like, they, this guy was a man. Like, I was a, a boy fighting a man in that fight. That was the toughest fight I've ever had in my life. Probably fair. I'll never forget him hitting me. Never. There we go. We're, we're gonna we're we're ending the uh, we're we'll end the rapid fire with Jordan fighting a lobster fisherman out in Yarmouth. Tremendous. How many yeah. po- how many podcasts are you gonna listen to where that is the final story? Not many. Yeah. No. Well, that's what they said. The coach was like, half the team don't come around this time because they're out on the boat with their dad, Lobster Fisher. And I was hoping Swain might have been over his dad that day, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He, call, he called in sick and went to the hockey game. He had to straighten some guy out from the yes, Cape Breton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. man, 
I, I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, getting a hold of me when you saw my message and always appreciate it in a pinch. Out of the bullpen he comes. Jordan from the uh, Five in a Game podcast. Those folks out there, check it out. And uh, yeah, man, well, you were saying you have a you have a tournament coming up. I love them online tournaments. What do you got coming? Yeah, so I got the, uh, it's going to happen in the first week of August. I held the first uh, House of Pain tournament there a couple months ago where John Morasti won. Uh, 32 guys that were in that one, and now I'm going to do the 32 who didn't make the uh, didn't make the first one. Uh, okay. I already got the list down of the guys, so I put I put them in there. I uh, I, I took the names out that didn't make the list. So I'm going to put them in the uh, the uh, randomizer there, and probably next week I'll put the video up of the live to see who's going to fight who, and then whoever wins at the end of that will go on to fight John Morasti to crown like the big first winner. Like John Morasti won the first one, yeah, but I want to have the two uh, whoever wins of that to fight at the end. So yeah, so like you're going to see guys like Joel Terrio will be in this one. Uh, Steve Bosse will be in this one. Jacques Zubé. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out who else was in that last one, man. Um, there's some big names, man, that didn't make that tournament. Louis Bedard, Dean Mayran, Brashear. I got like Mike uh, Barhog, uh, Paul Shant. There's just a lot of guys like Cody Dushat, Danny Pizzard, Blaine Fails. So this this tournament here on this one, man, there's big names in this one. A lot of going to be a lot of tough decisions, in my opinion. So it's going to be anybody's anybody's tournament. I can't really pick who's going to walk away with that one, but yeah, it's going to happen the first week on. So I'm going to set up the first matchups, and at the end, the winner will go on to fight John Morasti, and we'll do the vote and see who wins. Excellent. Well. And uh, like I said, that's uh, five in a game on the on Facebook. Check out those page. But also, right before you go, I forgot. Well, how could I forget this? But we were talking about it before we got going. You've kind of got into the whole uh, um, hockey fight art kind of thing, and you got collages going, your Photoshop and shit left and right. I gotta say, Jordan's got some skills. Yeah. Uh, you're pretty good. I'm gonna get you to make Thanks. a few things for me. But where can the folks find that on Instagram? Check it out. Yeah, just check. it. Check it out on Hockey Fight Art. You just got to, you know, that's my tag there. Definitely check it out. I appreciate it. I got, like, over 200 pictures. If they were an enforcer or fought in any league, chances are I made a picture for them. Uh, so, yeah, you can check me out on Instagram. I also got a Facebook page. Whatever goes to Instagram now gets linked to that one. Um, I also am working on, like, uh, I'm trying to catch up to Big Darren over there with the Four Fine Voice YouTube channel. But I also got that in the works, too. You can check that out at Five in a Game on YouTube as well. I got a few fights that I see other uh, other people don't have, so. Yes, you do have some interesting stuff. Yeah, we're gonna have to, like I said, we're gonna have to talk off air here about uh, some footage, some footage swapping going on. But uh, anyway, man, I'll let you go. I know the the kids and the wife are waiting for you, so thank you very much for coming on on short notice, and uh, I appreciate it. Anytime, Darren. I appreciate it too, man. And when I come home there and I get back home, I'd love to get back on your show right around the holidays, there, man. Absolutely, we will. All right, sounds good. We'll set it up. It's something they can look forward to in the future. Me and you link back up, or even you come on my show. Absolutely, we'll, we'll do, do that. Yeah, and uh, for sure. All right, man, I'll let you go. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. 
Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details for state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, here on the fourth line voice, uh, another, another edition of 10 rapid fire questions. And I got a special guest today out from LA down in uh, California. You got Nick on the line. Nick, how you doing tonight? Good. How are you, Darren? Thanks for having me. Hey, man. I know. I appreciate you coming on. Doing well. Um, oh, for the old, uh, for the old, I got a few folks from the old FC, the old fried chicken message board days out there listening. Nick, who were you on fried chicken all those years ago? I was Johnny Utah on you... fried chicken, and I would go down to my parents' office and dial up the old AOL and when I was in high school and post about anything related to the Kings or Ducks and because I was at most of those rookie camps and preseason games. And, man, yeah, I, I love that site. And uh, somebody sent me a, like I was telling you before, a Ken Belanger, you know, tape because some I knew somebody was coming to the Kings. I tried to research them, and you know, back in the day, there was this is before YouTube or anything. So, yep. um, yeah, we're, we're dating ourselves here, Nick. The younger listeners yeah. are shaking yeah. their heads. VHS, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll find that tape and give it to you. I think you said you like you like tracking that stuff down. Love it. Yeah, love it. Oh, I was gonna say I could I could hit people with some real serious shit. I could hit you with a beta tape. I got one of those. How's that, folks? Oh wow. Yeah, there you go. Don't have a machine. I know guys that have beta machines though. Some of the old fight guys still got beta stuff and they could and it still works, man. Yeah, so you folks on YouTube. I, I Yeah, I would tell my dad, I was like, Dad, don't you can't use a VCR tonight. The Kings are playing the or whatever, uh you know, Calgary and and whatever in San Diego. There's going to be something happening tonight, and it was like, you know, McSorley, McCarthy, you know, yep. have that somewhere. Yep. Or, you know, like, or the Flyers as a, a one o'clock game against the Kings. It's Matt Johnson and Daniel Lacroix. Like, I have all of those tapes because I knew some. You just looked. You just looked at the schedule, and you knew back then. Yep. No, yeah. Like, what we were saying off air, right? Every night on Fried Chicken, it would be like potential fights tonight, and something would always happen. There was never a no hitter. I mean, most of the time, something would go down. And uh, and then, like you said, the next three hours on the board was spent people arguing who won the fights. And oh, what a time! What a time! What a time! Well, um, you say I know you've listened to the show, and I know you've uh, you've heard the rapid fire stuff. But I so I, I was telling you, I I, I try now because I've done a, a bunch of these. I, I try to tailor it to the guests that I have on. So. I'm going to hit Nick here with a few. I mean, there'll be some generic stuff that you got to ask, but then we're going to get into, especially out in LA, 
Nick's Nick's a, he's a hobnobber. He's always out there with the celebs and stuff. So we're gonna get the we're gonna get the scoop from him here, folks. Us uh, <laughs> us Western Canadian folks, we don't get to hang out with sit down a glass with like Mary Hart at the Kings games and stuff. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna live vicariously through Nick here. So, but we're gonna start at the beginning. We'll start with a, a softball one here, Nick. Favorite enforcer of all time, Marty McSorley, hands down. The whole reason I got into even watching NHL hockey, hockey in general, Marty McSorley, a friend of mine, told me my, my it was him and my his family and my family were the only ones with those black stolen cable boxes back in the day where maybe he paid the cable guy an extra 40 bucks or whatever to get an extra channels, and they had prime tickets. And he'd always say, hey, did you watch that game last night? No, I didn't watch it. Did you watch the Kings game? No. Finally, one night, I said, fine, I turned it on. I think McSorley fought the brusque. I was like, who is this guy? What is this? What, like, what is this? And I was hooked. And that that year was the year the Kings went to the Stanley Cup Finals and Marty fought Clark in the playoffs. And I, I forget how many fights he had that year, 15, 17 fights. And from then on, I was hooked. I was a Marty McSorley fan. I was a fan of fighting. I was, and, you know, that, that did it for me. There you go. Well, like I said, you're out now. You've had, have you run into Marty? I, I did once at a, the, uh, in Manhattan Beach at a beach volleyball tournament, and uh, I just walked over and said hi and shook his hand, and uh, he basically crushed my hand. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see him now because I, I would think I was younger, way younger, and I was kind of in shock, but, uh, you know, that he was right there. It was like, you know, Rob Blake and McSorley and a lot of old school kings. But, uh, yeah. There you go, Marty. Love it. Yeah, I'm a big McSorley guy too. Uh, well, and like you said, you got, you got to go the other side of things. Who's your most hated enforcer? In the, in the NHL or in any league? Nah, it could be any league. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say, and we just talked about him and he's controversial now, but Don, Donald Brashear. I mean, I respect him. He's, you know, he's on all the top lists. He was a great fighter, but he always did something bad. Again, as a Kings fan, you know, the whole McSorley thing, even though McSorley had moved on a couple of times, you know, um, you know, I remember him fighting Matt Johnson when he was in Montreal and it was basically, I was, I think I was there for the game and it was back in his kind of, you know, his bear hug days, the huggy dip days. And, you know, he did that, he, he suckered, I think, LaPerriere once in the back of the head. It just seemed like, cause he was Vancouver and Vancouver, LA, you know, it was LA, yep. Vancouver, yeah, and Calgary, that was the rivalry. So, um, he was always in there and he was always beating whoever we had. So. Um, yeah, it was frustrating to watch him. It, it, you respected him, but you, it, it was frustrating that no one could dust him. Yeah. yeah. He's that, well, he's like the ultimate villain, right? He's like the movie villain. Yeah. Yeah. Hand dusting on the way to the box. <laughs> yeah. You know, just kind of whatever. Yeah. Well, the next one, like you said, you're a big, uh, you're a Kings guy. Got to ask you. Uh, top three Kings enforcers of all time. Oh, man. I mean, I, I came in at the time after there wasn't Wells, there wasn't Miller, there wasn't Tiger Williams. I didn't see any of those guys. I came in at the Mark McSorley time, so definitely Marty McSorley is up there. Um, I, you say top three or top five? Three. Top three. McSorley's number one for me. I mean, he, in terms of the like, you know, the role and standing up for teammates and not just fighting for himself, fighting for the team and, you know, uh, the respect other players had and Marty's just he's number one number two and I'm talking probably from the period of 93 to present because that's when basically I followed 
Yeah. I want to say, I want to say, uh, right at even on in that four year run as, as a Kings enforcer, forget everyone always wants to say the McIntyre fight, but he was a flame and whatever that's, you know, after this, but, um, that four year run, cause Dean Lombardi had just taken over as a big clean slate for the Kings. They were going to, there was just like the rebuild onto the Stanley cup. And, you know, he brought right on and, uh, man, he had four really good years. And if you go check out his fight card, there's, there's not many losses on there, man. And he fought everyone, Shelly, Bugard. I mean, yeah. And, and the guy was Jack and he, you know, so yeah, yeah right. is even on number two. Um, Number three, only one year with the Kings, but Stu Grimson at the end of his career at 35 years old, uh, we were talking about this before, I just hadn't seen a, that dominating a performance of an enforcer one year, even though he started off with a TKO loss in the preseason to Parker, which everyone knows about. But if you check out that fight card that, that year, besides the Reed Simpson KO, I mean, just Stu was just bad. He was badass. He knew the role. He had that look on his face when he got off the bench and looked down the bench. And he's even talked about in an interview that he said he was like on his, in his prime, you know, and he knew he was just dialed in. Kings made the playoffs that year. He played a lot of games. I think he played like 70 something games that year. He played in the playoffs. I, I just, I hadn't seen anything like that um, since Marty, you know, a guy doing the job, winning fights, you know, intimidating other teams, you know, TKOing guys, KOing guys. You were just like, whoa, who, who is this guy? Could we get a couple more years of him? And sadly, he left and went to Nashville after that, and that was it. But, uh, yeah, and I'd seen him because the Kings played the Ducks, and he was there years and years. And, you know, he was, you know, he was a good fighter in the Ducks, but that year at the Kings, I think something happened when he went to Carolina. I think you've talked about it before. You know, that, that's, he, you know, he, uh, he was really good there, and he had that streak in Detroit. You know, he bounced around, but that one year in L.A., yeah, check out check out the his yep. play card. Yeah, yep. yeah, it was always yeah, it was Stu. It was kind of like you know he was always there, willing you know Calgary, Chicago, but yeah, he kind of just he grew into it, right? And he got to Hartford, and it seemed to all sort of click for him. And that kind of Hartford, Carolina, that really got things rolling. And then after that, yeah, he was uh, yeah, he just learned to use his size and keep his kept his balance. And yeah, he. Uh, I'm down with Stu, man. He was awesome. That Reed Simpson knockout is still one of the most uh, vicious hockey KOs I ever saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the way Stu backs up on him after it, too, was like, it's just, you know, just it, that year, another good one. Well, after the Parker one, I think he fought, fought Parker again because Parker leveled Matthew Schneider behind the net. Everyone should go check that one out. I think he edged Scott in that one. I know you're a Parker fan, but uh you know, so he you know he came back from the TKO yep, and, and yep. yep, so you know fought him again for you know trying to push around a teammate. So yep, there you go. Wild now again, we got to go the opposite side. Worst Kings enforcer of all time. Oh, okay. I got a lot of names here. A lot of names. <laughs> Holy, all right. Okay. Well, I, I well, you're not like Lazito. I had Lazito on here way back when to do the Islanders, and I asked him the Islanders' worst enforcer. Holy shit, I thought you thought I asked him to go kick a puppy or something. Oh, I just can't, I can't do it, I can't do it. Like, like some other guy was going to find him or something. Holy shit, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this, I mean, I, these, and I respect all these guys and they did the job or whatever, but we've had some bad ones. I mean, and maybe it was just balanced that year with them, but 
you know, Steve McKenna, if you know, oh, um, that one yeah. year, yeah, <laughs> if you want to go on about him, I mean, he, you know, he did have those two good fights with Marty in San Jose, but after that, uh, yeah, so um, that's a name. I mean, we had Kelly Bookberger, we had Barry Potomsky, rest in soul. You know, it's funny with Barry, people always talked about him from the minors, you know, he was a good scrap, but he, he almost feel like he didn't even want to throw a punch, like as a king, and I think his first game he fought Coaster, was he fought Coaster and Crowder the same game in Vancouver, and it's like, like he didn't throw one punch in either fight. It's just, uh, I was like wondering, and I heard so much about this guy in the forums back in the day, and he just didn't do anything, you know? It, it's just like he just, I think he just wanted to fight to see like he showed up, but he didn't want to trade, and then you go watch his I think his IHL fights and he's trading. So yeah, I was always kind of shocked by that. There we go. Throw it out. Steve McKenna, Barry Potomsky, Mark Vichu. Oh, we could go on. Uh, Buck. Wow. I I can't say anything bad about Buckberger. I love Kelly Buckberger. Buckberger, Doug Smolik, Jeff Cowan. I'll yeah. keep going. <laughs> we well, I, I was going to say, you talked about the playoffs there, what got you into it, McSorley and stuff. And you briefly mentioned it when we were off air, but you didn't really. Obviously, we didn't go on about him. But because uh, I, because I always talk, I, I, I've talked about this before on the show. Because back in those '92 night, I was in high school, and we did the goon drafts, and where it was like everybody took five or six. I, I think it was five guys, and uh, and they added up pims, and you actually lost points if they got points. They, that actually that hurt you. You didn't want to get a, You wanted to go straight smink. You didn't want nobody scoring, right? So, uh, yeah. but, uh, I had McSorley the year he had 399 minutes. I won the draft that year cause I had him, but the other guy that I had on that team as well. And, and this is probably what brought home the draft for me was Warren Reichel cause uh, he had 310 minutes that year and he was out of nowhere. He came like out of the IHL. He was an unknown and, uh, he made the Kings and I drafted him as a flyer, uh, as a late pick, and I ended up getting 300 minutes out of him, and I walked away with the goon draft. So I always have a soft spot for Warren Reichel winning me some money. But uh, what were your thoughts on Warren Reichel? He was in L.A. for a little bit. I liked him. He, I think he got his nose broken by Jeff Audgers. I think it was the year, though, that McSorley got traded to Pittsburgh, and then the Kings, Warren got stuck with being the Kings enforcer. And I think Ojik talks about it on that documentary where he said that he just ran around all night and the Kings had to trade back for McSorley that year. So I don't think Warren did a good job that year, but yeah, I mean, he was down, he was willing to go toe to toe, but you know, he just didn't win many. So, but yeah, yeah pretty, I, pretty undersized for sure. But yeah, he, uh, definitely willing. Yeah, absolutely. He's more of a one B guy. He was yeah. perfect one B. He'd fight like Brian Marchman or Jeff Rogers and let Marty, I mean, Marty fought Rogers too, but you know, let Marty take the bigger guys and Reichel would take kind of like the, yeah. the next level down. Yeah. yeah, Marty was Batman. He was Robin. You know, like, yeah. Actually, Audrey's in my interview, that was the one guy. He never, he didn't like Warren Reichel. He said that was a, that was a personal thing when him and Warren fought. They're cool yeah. now, but at the time when they were playing, he didn't like them. Yeah. But, uh. Bundy. That, that was his nickname, Bundy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because somebody, who else is Bundy? Oh, Chris Terrian is. They call him Bundy too. Yeah, they, they like the too, Bundy yeah. nickname there. Um, yeah. Well, we're gonna move away from the king. Well, maybe not. Maybe it. Well, no, because I kind of think I know what your answer is gonna be now that I say it. Well, you were telling me off air that you've kind of gotten into the whole jersey collection thing and uh, game worn jersey stuff. Um, what's your holy grail 
What what would be your jersey? What would be your holy grail? I got some good ones. I've spent quite a bit of money. I actually have a list of them. There's about 44. Um, I, I will tell you, there's a couple good ones. There's a Frank Bialo's Indie Ice on there. Uh, I'm sure that's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, I got I got a, a couple Morassis on there. Um, I just picked up a Patrick Cote. I got a Mel Engelstad Stars. That's that's pretty yeah, rare. I'm, I'm, I I'm jealous of that one. Mel Engelstad Stars jersey. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, no. uh, I actually have a right. This is Riley Cote Flyers. I mean, he's you know, it's not that long ago, but that's actually a really hard shirt to get. And I remember asking and asking and asking, and no one had it. And then I got one, and everyone chimed and going, "I've been looking for one of those for years." Um, so let's go. But here's, I'll tell you a quick story. And, and it was a former king too, Sean Avery. I've been looking. I guess Sean Avery's jerseys go for like two, three grand. They're very hard, and I guess there's one guy that just collects them and won't let go of them. And if anyone ever starts posting, he says, you know, uh, whatever. I, you know, he'll he'll be the first one in line. I somehow find a guy in one of the forums that had a Harper Wolfpack one after that whole Panuf incident when he got sent down, and so um, he, he 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 didn't want me to pay him in PayPal or Venmo, and his his girlfriend was a stewardess. So he said, I'll meet you at LAX with the jersey, bring cash. So I, so I took the day off work. The guy flew out from Texas or whatever, met me at the In-N-Out Burger. I gave him the cash, he gave me the jersey, and he started counting it in the In-N-Out. And I don't know if anyone's been to LAX, but, you know, it's on the border of Westchester and Inglewood, and especially the last couple of years. It's not a great area, and this guy's sitting in the cash, and I go, sure you want to do that? But, um, yeah, so I have a Avery, you know, Wolfpack jersey, which is torn up pretty good. So, yeah, I, I like that one. I love the fact the dude won't mail. He, he actually gets on a plane, <coughs> gets on a plane and brings it to you in person. That's tremendous. Yeah, he thought that you know he he thought that you know, whatever conspiracy theory on the Venmo and PayPal and the taxes, and then he also thought it was too nice of a jersey to. Uh, so he wanted to hand deliver it. So he flew in on his girlfriend's tab. She was a stewardess. Walked across the, you know, walked like a mile. Met me at the In and Out, handed me the jersey, took the cash, and and um, and I was telling you off air that I met Sean recently. He's a really nice guy. He signed his book and whatever, and uh, he, he's big into fighting. He likes talking about fighting, and I got him going on some things. And you know, you know, Segroy. I guess they were teammates in camp back in the Detroit days, and he likes hearing about that. And I, I mentioned that a couple, you know, people, podcasters and stuff, have brought him up and. Yeah, he he gets going. I, I see somebody brought up, somebody kind of overheard us talking, and, and somebody brought up the McSorley Brashear stick incident, and they tried to say, like, oh, that was terrible. And Sean's like, really? You think that's bad? And he was almost taking Marty's side, like, saying he deserved it. And he was teammates with Brashear. He didn't like him. There you go. Well, I, I've had a few guys on my show that didn't like it, that were teammates with Avery and couldn't stand him. So, yeah, he'd, uh, he's definitely a polarizing figure for sure. Definitely. But cool guy off the ice and definitely willing to talk about fighting. There you go. Yeah. He's uh, always getting into it down here, or he was getting into it down here with people. I don't know if you guys saw, but I think he's calmed down recently, but he was having issues with his neighbors and stuff. But he's always he's always antagonizing somebody. And the whole COVID thing, he was, like, not doing the mask. And, you know, he was yeah, – It's it was funny. Oh, yeah, I know. I saw a few of those mm-hmm. videos. Yeah, he uh, – mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely likes to stir shit up for sure. Um, well, you talked about going to like uh, some rookie camps, and I mean, off you've seen some cool shit. Um, 
What was the best? Uh, what was the best camp fight you ever saw? Uh, I, well, a couple. I think I talked to you about that one. The uh, to Staples Center, which is now crypto, where the Lakers and Kings and Clippers play. Clippers are going to move actually to a new stadium. But um, they when it opened in ninety nine two thousand, I think this was when they started having some. This is when they started having the Kings Ducks preseason um, uh, rookie camp games. Not even preseason. Sorry, rookie camp and. Uh, Trevor Gillies was on the Ducks. I, am I am I getting the date wrong? I don't know. Maybe it was a couple years after that. I forget when Gillies was on the Ducks. But um, Sean, the Kings invited Sean Legault um, as a tryout, yep. and I I didn't I hadn't heard of him, but I remember kind of digging online to find out who he was, and and I was like, oh, okay, okay, this is this is somebody. I remember them handing out the little piece of paper, or you know, putting out that who was going to be in camp, and I saw his pins and wherever he played, where it was. C- CHL, yeah, and so I was like, okay, this, this is something's going to go down. I remember right off, it was like right off the draw, they fought, and Gillies got the better of them. And I remember like never forgetting Gillies after that, and never forgetting Lego. But that was a good one. I also was telling you about that other one when they have the rookie camps at the Kings training facility, and uh, I think it was they rotate. It was like the Kings would play the Ducks, and then the Ducks would play the Sharks, and then you know whatever. But um, this one kid had. Three fights. He got kicked out of the, the he got kicked out of the game, the rookie camp game. He came up and sat in the stands with the fans. It was Jonathan Tremblay, and he dusted everyone he fought. I forgot who he fought, and I remember saying to myself, "Who is this guy?" And you know, and he was very, very young. But I remember saying to myself, "I got to keep an eye on this guy." And, and you know, I, recently his name's popped up, and I remember following him for a while. But he kind of just nothing ever happened with him. But man, he. Yeah, he dusted three dudes in camp and in that game, and just got sent right to the bleachers and just sat next to his fans, and he not a mark on his face, and his hands were all torn up, and he was smiling, and I was like, "This guy's a beast." Yeah, he. Uh, well, that's funny because, like I just said before, uh, before I was recording with you today, I recorded with Jordan, and his his name came up, Trombley's name came up, and then you brought it up when we were talking about uh, the camp fights earlier. So yeah. The hammer, yeah, uh, yeah, he was something. That's for sure. Yeah, and wasn't uh, that wasn't that McSorley McCarthy first one? Wasn't that the preseason as well? I, I forget. I think so. That one in San Diego. I think that was too. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Now that you're saying, I don't even know if I've ever seen that fight. Well, maybe I have. I don't know. Nope, it, was a, it was when McCarthy was like the champ, basically, and Marty edged him out. And I think that was a preseason game in in San Diego. Was that the one like after it's like they go for like forever, and then they like, go forever and they go in the box and they show their faces and and Sandy's like he's like the, the guy in the, the box is pointing to his forehead and he's bleeding and Marty's all torn up and his everything's falling off and there's equipment everywhere and they're both like in the box like just beaten up. Yeah, I think that was a preseason game in San Diego if I remember. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna have to go try to find that now. After you mentioned that, um, George George Paros, George Davis is another good one too. I think that was what I told you that I think that was when Paros realized he knew what he had to do to to you know make an NHL team, um, and and he did pretty good about it. A guy George Davis, who I didn't know about back then, but you know over the years started to hear about. Um, but for a guy coming out of college and not fighting much, to hang in there with uh, Davis, you know, probably. Yep. Props to George. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got here. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so question seven. Oh, that's pretty easy. Well, all right. 
oh, your fried chicken days and all this. We'll move away from the LA King. We'll just talk about fighting and forces in general. But just overall, who do you think is the most overrated enforcer of all time? Overrated. You know, somebody like you, all these people are yapping about it. You're watching it. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, but like Ty Domi, did he, did he really like KO anyone? Domi. That's an interesting answer. Huh. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I think about it like, right. Like, you know, a lot of draws, you know, he would do well with some guys and uh, some guys, couldn't hang with, you know, um, Grant Marshall, you know, took him down pretty easy. He lost to a few guys he shouldn't have. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, like, great fighter, whatever. I just, I remember hearing all the hype about him and, you know, and he was a little cocky, but um, I don't know. He just didn't, he wasn't as advertised. And when I'd see Kings players fight him, like Mac Johnson and stuff, like, you know, he beat him pretty handily, if I recall. There you go. That's Nick's answer. He's sticking to it. There. All, I'll send all your hate mail to Nick, not to me, you Leaf fans. I didn't say it. He did. Um, well, again, got to go on the opposite side. Underrated. He's the most underrated enforcer of all time. Oh, underrated. I think I mentioned earlier uh, Joel Recklage, a personal favorite. Love it. Yeah. Underappreciated, underrated, whatever. Yeah, the record, man. For those listening out there, there is, just go on YouTube. I'm sure there's a million compilations, but yeah, it's about nine minutes, nine or 10 minutes. Put that on. You'll be entertained. Oh yeah. Toe to toe with Steve McIntyre twice in the same game. Yep. And first fight, he's getting like pummeled and he gets back on his feet and starts throwing left. Like, who is this guy going toe to toe with Lucic? Even Lucic now, I think on an interview said, what you, they asked him was his best fight. He said, look up me and Joel Recklage. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Re- Recker was, yeah, he's awesome. How I, like, if I always, he's one of those guys that I've always said, like, if you're, if you claim to be a hockey fight fan, you have to like Joel Recklage. It's like, you have to. There, there's no way you could be like, oh, I'm a fight fan, but I don't like him. Like, there's no way you say that. Like, yeah, he's just one of those guys. It's just like, he's unbelievable. The Gallant fights. Yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. Epic. Yeah, absolutely. Joel Reckless, great answer. Wrecker, love it. Yes. He'd be a prime it? Curtis McDermott, actually, too, in, in the minors, right, right as Curtis was coming up to the Kings. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Wrecker was tremendous. Um, was, he was pissing himself in the box, too. You could see he's like, damn it. I <laughs> lost that one. Because he was destroying everyone in in the AHL before he came up to the Kings. And and, and uh, he lost two. Colt Noor, when he got sent down, and Recklage. Yep. No, absolutely. Who was a fighter that you've done a 180 on? Fighter that I've done a 180 on. Matthew Barnaby. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just... Mad props. I mean, I, I, you'll put his name in, and then he'll be like, "What Barnaby fought Brashear?" He's like, "What is he? Five eleven, six foot, one ninety, one ninety, and he's fighting guys like you know Tom Kostopoulos, and then he's also fighting Brashear. Like back in the day, you're like, oh, he's just you know, it's trashing everyone, you know, shit talking or whatever.' And 
But now you go back and watch the guys that he fought and how big and how small he was. Grimson toe to toe. You know, he tried to, you know, and Grimson even said, like, you don't want to do this. And he still fought him. Like, he he fought guys. is just unbelievable. Yep. Well, it's funny because we were talking about books before. That's a book I got to get. I got to get Barnaby's book. I was talking to a few people that have read it and they said it's really good. Yeah. Well, because, you know, he's not going to hold back, right? Oh, yeah. That whole thing with him and Sean Avery pretty, like, last year was pretty funny, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, Barnaby. That's good. Yep, yeah, there you go. Who is that now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that is nine. Okay, final qu- oh, final question. Well, like I said, you're out in L.A., you know, hobnobbing with the folks and telling me, oh, I go to this bar and hang out with these guys and everything. Yeah. Um, what what's your uh what what's uh your uh, most memorable because uh, you know like I said we're out, I'm out here in, in Saskatchewan we don't get this type of thing but you know celebrity interaction at an at because I know you're a season ticket holder at the Kings what's your uh do you have any celebrity interactions with L, with the at the LA games? Um, uh, Kevin Connolly where he does that kind of like that YouTube thing with Avery he uh I got invited well actually I got a better one. So uh, if you go to the Kings game, there's a private bar underneath called the Chairman's Club, and you have to have a certain pass to get down there. And so uh, 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 my brother's a realtor, and uh, a client's um, dad was the director of Pretty Woman. Um, and so they, we had, like, the seats right next to the, you know, the Kings goalie, whatever. I think it was quick or burning out, 2014 or whatever. And we got those passes. I'm dropping names here. And uh, we went to the chairman's club, and I, we walked downstairs. And usually what it is is just a little bar, and there's a bunch of can- free candy and, like, peanuts and stuff, right? And there's usually, like, somebody in there, like, a B celebrity or somebody, and then somebody's girlfriends or whatever. It's usually not busy, right? And uh, we walk in, and it's completely packed, like, swarmed, and everyone's going crazy. And, da, 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 and, and so I kind of cut through the crowd to look, and it's Tom Cruise. And everyone's trying to get a picture with them, and da-da-da. And he's only taking pictures of the kids and the old ladies. And anyone else, he's kind of pushing away. So my brother and I are like, oh, screw this. Let's go to the bar. So we go to the bar because now the bar for once is empty. And we start drinking, whatever. So then, uh, we, you know, everyone clears out. So second, that's first intermission. Second intermission, we go back down to the chairman's club. No one's there. We walk up to the bar. Guess who comes out of the bathroom? Tom Cruise. We get, can we get a picture, Tom? No problem. Comes out, takes a picture of me and my brother. I still have it. Um, it was funny, too, because I put him in the jumbotron. Everyone started booing him, but... uh. Yeah, nice guy. There you go, hanging out with Maverick. Look at you, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving it. Well, you were telling me there was a, you know, to go away from that, what was the bar there at the beach that all the players, all the teams would come to? So in Manhattan Beach, there was a ball called Perio's. If anyone knows, they'll, they'll know. And it was like a bar. It was like a, it turned into a club late at night. And, uh, like the late 90s, early 2000s, all the players would go there. And on the opposing teams, they would go there. I remember one time after a game, my buddy and I raced down there, and there was a Mexican restaurant corner to it. It's called El Tarasco. And, again, if anyone's from L.A., they're going to know. It's like a shithole Mexican place, but, um, you know, staple. And it's just me and him sitting at the – me and my buddy sitting at the bar just having a taco or whatever. And this is like a dump. They don't even serve alcohol, whatever. All of a sudden, a bus shows up, and, like, six guys get out. One guy's carrying an 18-pack. And I look over, and it's like Sean Burke, Claude Lemieux, Brad May, a few other Coyotes. And I kind of leaned over and said, like, oh, the Coyotes. And they all kind of just looked at me like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But Brad May leaned over and goes, oh, what's up, man? 
and came over and hung out with us and chatted and came out and smoked a cigarette. Um, but yeah, Harry-O's, the bar at night, all the Kings players would go there. I think they had like Ian LaPerriere's jersey in the window and, um, inside there, but I, I used to hang out there late night, met Scott Parker there, Brad Norton of the Kings, um, you name it, Brad May. Uh, they'd all go there and the place closed. Uh, it became something else, but uh, that was the spot. George Paros, yep. Did you? Well, there you go, folks. We're the we're the celebrity. We're getting the tour of LA here. Um, did you have any shitty interactions with guys? Who was like in the out of hockey players? We'll say, or I guess celebrities or whatever. But who's like just like a what? You got because you gave us the good. You gave us Brad May and Cruz and stuff. Who's a dick? No one's a dick, but two guys who were pretty quiet. I I had walked into basically Zach Cassian at. Uh, a restaurant once and I didn't realize it was him until last second. And I said, Oh, you're Zach Cassian. And he said, yeah. And he, and he just said kind of, yeah. And then he kind of went the other way. And then I think I, we talked about it off the air, but a friend of mine is really good friends with Kevin BX and they played together. They actually fought in an elevator. He tells a funny story about it one night after a game when they were teammates, but he said, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Like Cassian, he's just quiet. And he's kind of a big, like goof. So uh, don't take it personally. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, the nicest guy though. I'll tell you Luke Shen nicest guy ever sat there talked to me for 15 minutes made his i think it's now his wife or his fiance uh wait and, and chatted me up uh and then we also talked about paul bissonette tracked him down at a department store once um you know took a picture chatted me up so there we go that that there was 10 rapid fires with la nick i was loving it man what a, what a shit we, i gotta i gotta get down to la we could hang out in the chairman's club with nick here i don't know we could I could hang. I could meet Maverick and shit. Only once. Next time I went there, there was no one down there, so don't worry about it. There's just some ex-Playboy girls in their fifties, you know. Well, you know, it's all right. You know, we we could. Uh, I think it'd still be a fun trip. Whatever, bouncing around LA with Nick. That there we go, sightseeing. But um, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, I know it was sort of a last-minute deal. You. Thankfully, you uh, you answered my uh, my question in the form, or not a question. It was a a plea in the form. I said I need somebody. I my guest ditched me, so I need some guys. And all of a sudden, Nick was right there. So I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Darren. Love the pod. Been listening for a long time. And as I told you, in LA, a lot of traffic. I spent a lot of time in the car. The pod just got me going. It reminds me of the old days. And uh, yeah, keep it going. Please don't stop. Well, there you go. Audio FC. That's what it is. Look at that. In, a, in LA traffic, just trapped listening to the fourth line voice. I couldn't imagine. You're going to have a fucking falling down incident in no time. I'm going to hear about you on CNN, I bet. Yeah. I hope I don't have any. I hope that wasn't because of me. But, you know, I, well, thank you for listening to the show, though. Like I told you when you first got a hold of me, I said, well, I appreciate the fact that you have no, you, you have a very low standards, apparently. So, but, uh, <laughs> No, thanks, man. That's cool. I, I, I love it. The fact that, uh, that's why we say at the start of the show. Yeah. For those that are you're on your commute to work, here you go. Here's a, here's something for you. Well, there you go. There's Nick in his, in his, in his commute, in his LA commute. I can't even imagine that. How, like, uh, I mean, we're still recording it, but I got to ask because I, I have to, when I, I live on a, in the suburbs of Saskatoon, so when I go to work, I have to hit the highway and it's about, but it's like 15 minutes at the highway at 5.30 in the morning. There's no, it's me and the cows, right? So there's like, I'm just zooming along, no problem. I don't have any, there's no red lights. 
But when you're in LA and you're and you're going, what's your commute? What's your commute time to work every day? Uh, so where I live is about 30 minutes from work with no traffic. With traffic, it's an hour. Th- 30 minutes. Lot, yeah. Well, I, yeah. when is there no traffic though? Is there? It's LA, isn't there? Just traffic 24 seven. Um, no, it's uh, after you know eight or nine p.m. and before six a.m. But you know, and it died for COVID for a little bit, but it came back, and everyone's back in their car driving shitty as usual. So, man, that's something. Yeah, the uh, I've only been to L.A. a couple times. I know we're always going to Vegas, and it's like I was trying to talk the wife into going to L.A. for a few days, but yeah, just to just to sightsee. But uh, there we go. I got I got someone listening well, to my show in L.A. I love it. Yeah, well, don't come to a Kings game. Go to an Ontario Rain game because there's nothing happening in Kings for fighting. Oh um, shit! Current hockey game? No, you couldn't <laughs> pay me to go to one of those games. I no, no. A minor league game, you might be able to talk me into it. But well, yeah, well, like you said with the Rain, though, you had like Colburn and, and Jake Doty. I'm down with Jake. Those two, I would have went for sure if Doty yeah. was playing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't really sign either yet, but and we have a team in Palm Springs now, so. You know, the Seattle's team is uh, whatever, the Thunderbirds. So, um, you know, they're down there. So you can see. And the Ducks team's in San Diego. So you have Ontario, San Diego, and Palm Springs. Three AHL teams right here. Man, that I could tell. I could think of worse places to play hockey than San Diego and Palm Springs, man. That's a pretty sweet yeah. setup. That'd be nice, man. Yeah. yeah. I remember McGrath was talking well, about the year he played in San Diego. He's living on the beach and just loving it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Former King Dan Bosma, the coach of the Palm Springs AHL team. Really? There you go. Yeah. Well, well, man. I again, I appreciate you coming on. I'll let you go. I know you got things to do, but uh, excellent. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Dan. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?